Theatre Club Podcast. I'm Alice. And I'm Oscar. And we are back after a very long hiatus. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> yeah, we haven't recorded for almost a year. We did a few bits last year, didn't we, with the online stuff. But mm-hmm. now theatre is pretty much back in London. It's making its way back. Mm-hmm. It's some, so exciting. Some new shows. Yeah, so it's been really exciting to go back to the theatre. And this is my first week back in the theatre. I know, we did two shows back-to-back, which is good. Two shows back-to-back. Um, yeah, it was really good fun, wasn't it? Mm. So the two shows we are going to review on this episode are Operation Mincemeat Meat at Sadler Playhouse and Singing in the Rain at Sadler's Wells. For our loyal listeners who have been with us uh, since the beginning, sorry we've been away so long. We missed um, you. We missed you. I hope you missed us. And for people who haven't listened before, this is Theatre Club Podcast, where we go and see theatre and review it and make a cocktail. That's one of our things. Haven't done that in a while. I'll be looking forward to making some new cocktail creations. And we tell you where to sit, what the cheap tickets are, and any deals that are coming up, as well as shows that are opening and when you should book them. So dates for your diaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll try and give you all that information. So welcome to new listeners. Uh, welcome back to old. And we'll start, as we do in all our episodes, with a top tip from Alice. This is a top tip of what you should be booking. What's what's the hot new show to go see? Well, I picked a show called The Midnight Bell, which is a new ballet by choreographer Matthew Bourne. His company is called New Adventures. And it's a ballet set in 1930s London. It's about the characters that are frequenting the pubs and sort of seedy underbelly of Soho and Fritz Rovia. There's a clip, uh, a trailer on the Sadler's Wells website. It doesn't give you much, but it sets the tone. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of Peaky Blinders-esque. It seems quite dark. But Matthew Bourne is a choreographer that is famous for his all-male Swan Lake. We've reviewed some of his ballets on this podcast before. Yeah, we're big fans. We're really big fans. His Nutcracker is hugely successful, as well as his all-male Swan Lake. But we've seen a lot of his shows. And the reason that I thought this would be a really good top tip is because... It's starting off at Sadler's Wells, but it's then touring all around England. I'll tell you where it's coming. One moment, please. For the regional listeners. Let me just listen to my lovely acrylic nails. Imagine working next to me. You have to hear this all day. Yeah, those those nails are quite long. What I have is an automated signature at the end of my emails, and it says, typing with talons equals what you just read. And that way, if I'm making mistakes, because I can't type, people understand. (laughs) You know? Because you've got big clackety-clack nails. Yeah. Like Dolly Parton. <laughs> I love them. I remember going to like the dentist as a child and the receptionist at the dentist had big nails and one of those big old school late 90s keyboards. And just they were that red, weren't clack, they? Clack, clack, clack noise. Yeah. I quite liked that. Yeah, we all wanted to be working in a bank or like a library and yeah, having long nails. Clack, 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 clack. Yeah, and now I am really you are, I'm You're living, living that dream. That dream. And I've not had them. the courage to live that dream. Oh, they're so nice. You just feel done when you have your nails done. You just feel polished and finished. I buy my nails, so I just can't. Maybe if I got big fake acrylic nails, that would be the solution for my nail biting. Because you I can't can buy them. them. I'm doing it. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting big acrylic nails. So, here we go, guys. Venue and dates. Cheltenham. Brighton, Sheffield, Dartford, York, Leicester is going to Liverpool, it's going to Oxford, Coventry, Inverness, Bath. So you can find these on the New Adventures website? Yeah, find them on the New Adventures website and then book with the directly with the theatre or through the New Adventures website. If you are going to see it in London... Sadler's Wells. Which is what we'll be doing. And we often talk on the show about the best places to sit in the theatre 
Um, it's really hard to know where to sit. Do you go, you know, for Sadler's Wells, for example, you can sit right at the front and sort of look up a bit at the stage. We're talking about reasonably priced seats here. Obviously, if you're going to spend like 100 quid, you'll just get the, the middle seats of the stalls or the first circle, which are great seats. But if you're not going to spend £100, we would recommend the front two rows of the stalls, which are £30 each, or the back row of the stalls, or the back row of the first circle, and they are £30 each. Oscar, what you've seen Matthew Bourne... Um... I would say with Matthew Bourne, the thing is with dance, often having a bit of perspective and a bit of distance from dance is good because you can see formation, you can see everything happening on stage. Often when you're up close and there's a lot going on, it's a bit confusing. But with the Matthew Bourne, it, it relies heavily on his his work so characterful, it's often really funny, it's very theatrical. And so I think there, I do quite like sitting on the front row. And what you miss in kind of there's a lot going on you can really see the dancers faces and see their performances because it's as much as it's dance it's also a lot of acting a lot of character work Mm. carrying the story through and so I think you gain something from being close in that you see those facial expressions you see the kind of more minute detail the little you know he'll do some kind of small comedic moments just with a facial expression that you'd miss further back so for Matthew Bourne recently I've been going front row because it's cheaper because you do have to look up but I kind of like being up close and seeing those yeah. performances in So you'd detail. recommend £30 front row of the stools for this Midnight Bell? Yeah. I agree, actually. I think, especially... But I do like I do like the back of the first circle at Sadler's because you're not too high. The upper circle, I feel like you're looking down on the dance, whereas the first circle, you're kind of looking flat at it, but you are further back. For something like this, which seems like it's going to be more of a moody character piece. Perhaps, Less people in it. Yeah, go for close to the stage if it's where whatever theatre you're seeing it in regionally if they're close to the stage tickets are cheaper i kind of think you might have to look up a bit and be a bit too close but you'll see, i think you'll gain something from seeing those performances up close it's also worth saying that matthew Bourne, his dancers do not go on point this is going to be yeah when we say it's a ballet it is a modern ballet it's yeah it's a modern dance piece modern dance. so it would really you know you could take a friend to see this who doesn't really know anything about dance or theater yeah they're always funny his the sense of humor in his dance always comes across so yeah. it'll be cool it'll just be cool that's yeah. the best way to describe it i think it's really worth seeing something by matthew bourne i mean i think it's worth seeing everything by matthew bourne yeah so i book every single show and if someone said oh i'm what should I go see? I just say, yeah, like you can't go wrong. You really can't. That's a good good top tip. And it's good that it's going all around the country. So if you if you don't live in London or you don't want to come into London, yeah, it's going to lots of places. Yeah, maybe there are people that have moved out of London and now can't come in mm-hmm. and see the shows as quickly. And you think, I'll go to Oxford. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk about as a top tip, it's not really a tip because it's like, you know, telling somebody to go on holiday, it's a great idea. It's like, yeah, obviously, holidays are great. But Moulin Rouge is opening this year and... The tickets went on sale and Oscar was on it like a car bonnet, weren't you? Yeah, that was the first thing that we booked, sort of in COVID. Yeah, it's the first kind of new show we booked. Yeah, it it was the first rush of theatre ticket booking I've had. And I remember you saying, like, the tickets are really expensive and there isn't really, like... Sometimes for things like Hamilton, we've been really lucky in that we've known... Or Prince of Egypt, we've known the the theatre venue and that there are seats that they sell discounted that aren't really, you know, restricted mm-hmm. view. Yeah, Hamilton, the the top cir- upper circle, the seats on the aisle, I think, are really good. Yeah, so we, we I always feel like we're kind of scoring a point there. But this theatre, we didn't really know that. So we're kind of like booking it like the Joe Public. We're just having to mm-hmm. book... Expensive tickets. Expensive We've tickets. that big money ticket. And we just thought, you know what? Go big or go home. We're spending 85 quid on this. Yeah, the problem is when I looked at the tickets, they're all so expensive. The only cheap ones are the very, very back of the upper circle, which is fine if you... But I just, for this one, I just want 
I want to be up close. I want to be in it. And I want the full spectacle of Moulin Rouge. Spectacular, spectacular. And I think it'll be good. It's been on Broadway already. It's um, had really good reviews there. It's a big show. They've kind of, they turn the whole inside of the theatre into like the Moulin Rouge, you know, from the film. The big elephant is part of the set. So if you go onto the website, the tickets are available from the 12th of November 2021. However, they are selling like hotcakes. I'm not sure if you'll be able to get any. It's worth a look. But we've gone for tickets in January because that's sort of the best availability. Also, January is a good time, I think, to put theatre tickets because it's the least busy time of the year for theatres because it's after Christmas and everyone's kind of done their Christmas theatre visit. So I find that's the best time to to swoop in and get good seats uh, or get ticket deals because they are theatres, you know, they don't sell as much in Jan. But, you know, even in January, I'm looking at some of the weekend dates. There's like, a, there's, I don't know, 10 tickets left on oh, some yeah. of the dates. Yeah, you're going to have to go weekday. So although this isn't a top tip, obviously it's going to be a big show to book and you should just book it and we don't know any we don't know any offers i do think it's worth booking now because come january or december oh yeah if you want to see it and you're you going to spend the money now. just sort that out yeah just just get on that don't delay exactly okay so let's talk about singing in the rain singing in the rain what a great way to get back into theater with a big musical big broadway musical that you can sit back and just relax and think I don't even need to worry. I know this is going to be good. It's just going to wash over me and it's just going to sort of hit all the senses. Yeah. So this is a stage production of the film. I'm sure loads of people have seen the film Singing in the Rain and it's a very faithful to the film. They haven't done anything new with it. They're kind of putting the film on stage, as it were. It's not got a new story or anything. It's very Yeah, faithful. when you said to me yesterday, you were like, oh, the script is the exact script from the film it's the screenplay it's the yeah. screenplay it's of the, the screenplay of the film so yeah. it's very close this is a production that was at chichester festival theater a couple of years back went to the west end and now they brought the production back because it was so successful and we saw it then and we loved it and so we thought this is like the perfect thing to get back into theater for um it's should we talk about who it stars because it's got some great yeah, people in it's it. actually got a tie to matthew bourne if we think about it yeah, because so it has it stars adam cooper who was famously in matthew bourne's all male swan lake you see um him at the end of billy elliot he's the male swan that leaps out onto stage he plays he plays the grown-up billy and now he's starring he's gene kelly as character. gene kelly who's the main man in singing the rain and his um his sidekick cosmo who was played by donald o'connor in the film very famously is kevin clifton which is a, a great piece of casting because kevin clifton from strictly come dancing his thing was kind of his personality wasn't it his, his great dancing but also his his lovable personality which is totally what donald o'connor's thing was i wish you told me that before we sat down yeah you didn't I, realize it was I kevin know. clifton did you well, you know, and now you could... I and then I'm like, of course it was. Like yeah. his dancing and his smile and his energy was obviously him. But I just yeah. anyway. and then we have Faye Tozer from Steps playing Alina Lamont. And obviously, when you have a pop star and something, you're thinking, oh, are they going to be up to it? She was great. Do you know what Faye is really good in this? I really, really enjoyed her performance. And then we have Charlotte Gooch, who I've not heard of before, but she has been in. Um, Strictly Ballroom, uh, Flash Dance. So I think she's a you know a, a dancing actor, as it were. That's and she played Kathy Selden. And she played the Debbie Reynolds role, Kathy Selden. So the cast were all brilliant. The, yeah. the, the four leads were so good. Adam Cooper, we saw in it originally. He's the only one to come back from that production of mm -hmm. the main four. Um, he's just a beautiful dancer, isn't he? And he's got that leading man presence. He's very much like, you know how Gene Kelly was a bit older and a bit more relaxed in his dancing? Obviously a huge mm -hmm. amount of effort, but made it look... Made it look easy easy 
that's what Adam Cooper's dancing yeah, is like. Yeah, he totally did that. All those lifts, he makes look easy. Mm-hmm. He's just relaxed. With his tap dancing, he makes it look rela- relaxed, but obviously it's really hard work. Kevin Clifton, we've already said, was really, he was really funny. And also, so the Make, make Him Laugh numbers, one of the most famous numbers that Donald O'Connor did, and he did that really well. Um, who's the choreographer? While we're talking about that, because that number, I thought they did the choreography of that brilliantly. Because you've got to kind of make it your own for the stage, but the choreography for that number especially is so memorable, so well-known when he runs up the wall and all those... It's Andrew Wright doing the choreography. Yeah, I thought he did some really brilliant choreography for Kevin in that number. Really funny, brought the house down. And yeah, I thought Faye was really good as Lena Lamont. She gets all the big laughs because her character is the really broadly comedic character. And I thought Charlotte Gooch was really good as well, Kathy Zeldon. She's a really great dancer. She was very likeable. Yeah, I thought they all just did an amazing job. I did. I thought the acting was brilliant. Because we were, we were sat at the, the back of the first circle, mm-hmm. so we weren't super close. And I no, felt... it projected out, didn't it? Yeah. How was it compared to how you remember it when we saw it uh, five or six years ago? I saw it as well um, when it came to... Came, the West End. Yeah, when it came to I the West End. I saw it in Chichester. Um, and both times... It, they changed the stage so that the stage was more protruding and I we kind of sat in the round a little bit. Oh, okay. So the bits with the singing in the rain, I preferred it when it was... Cl- I preferred actually being closer because mm-hmm. did you notice that those people when that number started... Oh, yeah. If you're going to go um, see this and you're sitting you near ponchos. the front, they give you a poncho because, spoiler alert, it rains in the show. That's one of the like most amazing things about it is full rain, the whole stage... But he dances in it, and of course, there's a lot of splash. So the, the, the ushers have obviously given the front row ponchos to wear if they want to. And I remember, actually, I was kind of close the last time, and that bit was so great, having mm-hmm. the stage come further. And I I felt like, in that theatre, I wish that we had been closer for that bit, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I mean, I don't want to get wet, wet. No, I know. It's kind of fun just to watch them. You can hear the gasps, everyone in the audience, as you see these people at the front just getting... I mean, they looked like they were getting wet, like really wet. Because he was (laughs) kicking the water. It was really fun. It makes it such a visceral experience when something comes out of the stage. You hear the thunder and you see the lightning flash and then you see real rain pouring inside the theatre. And that is really special and not something you experience very often. The whole thing, I think, is just... It's just a perfect show to come out of lockdown and go and see because you just get... Amazing dance. You get, like we said, the script, which is the script from the film, is actually really funny. I think it really holds up. You get great songs, because everyone knows Singing in the Rain, but there's other songs I think you know that you knew, Mm. like You Are My Lucky Star, or what's the one that Kathy sings when she comes out of the cake? All I Do Is Dream of You. You know, there's so many things that I think people actually, they know more than they think. And it's just, it's just fun, isn't it? It's just fun. And there's great big... The the set design, um, actually, I want to make a mention of that, definitely. The set design is by Simon Higlett. It's absolutely, um, it's camp, but it's kind of true to the time at the same time. You know, it's period still. The dresses are exquisite. Kathy Selden has some powder blue, long, flowy numbers. She also has a baby pink number, sort of with the 1920s sort of drop hem mm-hmm. style. But I just remember that one piece where... The set, the sets are a a, a, um, a plane, and they have girls in pilots' uniforms with spangly costumes oh, yeah. on girl. the top. And I just thought, wow. Yeah, it was really good, and just the way all the light panels work around the edge of the stage to kind of really make those big numbers like light up, like the Broadway melody when all the 
neon signs come in. Really, a really clever, really clever set. And I will actually say the only negative I can say about Singing in the Rain is that I feel like there's just a few things they could have tightened up because they use the exact script of the film. There's just a few things where I think they could have maybe cut it up because on on film some things move a bit quicker because you've got the visual, I don't know, you can edit it. Whereas this, there was just a few bits where I thought you could have just trimmed that one down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Trim that down a little bit because it's this is the stage version, not the film. Interesting. I didn't yeah. feel that, but um, I mean, not, you know what? I, there is nothing I didn't that feel I it, can. I didn't feel it myself because I know the film, so I could kind of follow it along. I'm like, I know exactly what this scene is, but I feel for people who don't know the film that well, perhaps they might have thought, "Oh, the scene's going on a tiny bit too long." Like when um, RF is in his office and all the phones are ringing. And they're talking yeah. about Lena and that she's getting ahead of herself. And then she comes yeah, in and says... Yeah, those could have just been those, agree, trimmed a tiny could bit. Could be a tiny bit faster. But... Yeah, you're right. But I'm, but it is also so much fun. I mean, I'm, that's the only fault I can think of. But I think if you go and see this, you will come out, like everyone did at the theatre, you'll come out buzzing. It's just one of those feel-good shows. And the cast, the ensemble cast are fantastic dancers. Mm-hmm. There wasn't one person in there that you thought, oh, they're more of a singer than a dancer. No, they were all, all brilliant. great dancers. Yeah, just, yeah, the whole the whole car company were just amazing. Amazing. I wonder if any of those people, I should look up, were in 42nd Street, because some of the tapping, I just thought, wow, that's spot yeah. on. I bet they were. It's just such a great show, and you don't get to see... I love tap dancing, and there aren't many shows that get brought back to London or anywhere that have tap dancing in them. And this has got yeah. some good tap numbers with mm-hmm. the whole cast coming good out. Cast numbers. Yeah, if you liked, if you saw 42nd Street that was around a few years ago, it's very similar. I think people just forget how much of a crowd pleaser that is. Everyone in the audience was absolutely loving it. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, I'm really happy we saw that. It was a really great, a great way to come back. So if you want to go and see this, it's at Singing in the Rain at Sadler's Wells. It's on until the 5th of September and there's plenty of availability either on the front row for £30 or the back row of the circle, which is where we sat for £30 and either of those seats would be great. Yeah, I think the the back two rows, in fact, of the first circle are really good. We were in the second to back row of the first circle. You feel, you do feel a bit far away, but you're also looking kind of, the angle's really good. You're quite low and looking directly at the stage, whereas if you go up a circle you feel like you're looking down a bit on the action. So I think that's... I'd rather be a bit further back, but feel in it, if that makes sense. Also, I know you said we were the second row of the back, but I think next time I might go back row of the first circle because then you don't have any little kids kicking the back of your chair. That's true. It's a family show and we did have a load of kids behind us that were probably too young to be here to really... Yeah, too young um, to sustain, you know, a two-hour show. Yeah, so they were they were chair kickers. Oh, I love Singing in the Rain. It makes me want to watch the film. Yeah, I'm so going to watch the film again. Yeah, I think this is such a great... Um, if you just like want to get back in the theatre and see a musical, this is this is a brilliant one. Um, remind me one more time of when it's running till. It's running until the 4th of September. So not long. Go see it, honestly. Just go do it. Um, I did actually see a ticket offer on um, Theatre Direct, but I have a feeling that it's a limited offer, and by the time I edit this podcast, it might be gone. But it's worth checking. Um for, for theatre deals but otherwise we recommend but you know if you circle. think about it back of the first circle for 30 pounds or even front of the, the front two circles of the store for 30 quid for a show of this caliber oh with, this show's worth the money you know this is a huge you know when you're talking about bang for your buck when you see something and you're like wow the sets are mm-hmm. really expensive the dancers are all really good yeah for 30 quid oh yeah i wouldn't say go and see this play they are made and spend 50 pounds because you might not like the play yeah this i feel like who wouldn't like you're gonna enjoy this yeah whatever you spend i feel like you will feel it's money well spent so 
if you're just looking for something to go and see, this is it. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. What a great first one back. Oh, absolutely. We can have planned a better, a better thing to go no. and see. So another thing that we've missed doing this podcast is cocktails. Oh, yeah. What are you going to make me? So I'm, uh, we're back at our parents' house and they have a plum tree. And the plum tree has just come into season. <laughs> and the orchard. Yes. Um, so the plum tree has given us a lot of plums. So I'm going to make a cocktail with fresh plums. I can't wait. Cheers. Cheers. First cocktail back. Oh, have you taken a photo? This looks amazing. Yeah. Okay, good. I'll put it on our Instagram. Now, this isn't themed. You know, sometimes I do my themed cocktails themed around the show. Yeah. This is obviously just because we got to use them plums. <laughs> them juicy plums. So this is plums modelled with agave syrup, splash of lemon juice, um, and then rum and a bit of ginger beer. What a great way to use rum. Because mm. we all buy that bottle of rum when we go to the Caribbean, you know, darling. And we come back and then you're like, what am I going to drink this in? Yeah, or you buy that Sainsbury's own rum <laughs> for a drunk night out and you don't finish it. I thought rum, plum, It just looks pear. delicious. It's like a goldeny colour. And then mm-hmm. the plum garnish, the inside of the plum is the same colour as the drink. Yeah. Looks amazing. And it, it tastes, tastes good too. Okay, good. <laughs> I was about to say, you're, you're saying it looks good a lot, but uh, yeah, so this mm. is... This is my rum rum. God, it's plum. so refreshing. I'm gonna call it the plum smuggler. I was thinking rum plum sounds quite fun as well. The rum plum. Yeah. Yeah, I'll call it the rum plum. So this is the rum plum. And let's talk about our next show, which is another show that we had seen before back in twenty nineteen and we reviewed on this podcast in episode thirty nine of oh, the well podcast. Oh well done for looking that up. Okay. So if you want to go back and hear the original review of this, and this is Operation Mincemeat, um, and we saw it at the new Diorama Theatre in twenty nineteen, I believe. And we did. We absolutely loved it. Um, our episode 39 review was glowing. We were really excited when we saw it was coming back. And the Southwark Playhouse on their mail out that I get and part of their newsletter, they said, book this quickly because it's going to sell out because it had such great reviews the first time around. Was it originally a fringe piece? You, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know about that. But the company's called Spitlip and this is their their piece and it is based on a true story it's set in the second world war 1943 there was a plan basically to try and get the germans out of sicily and divert them somewhere else so that you know the allied forces could take back sicily and so they had people in mi5 trying to come up with ideas and the plan they went with was called operation mincemeat and it was a plan so crazy it just might work <laughs> this and it actually happened it's they, all actually, they happened. actually got a dead body and attached a briefcase to the wrist, and in that briefcase was misleading documents. documents telling Hitler their plans to invade somewhere that they never planned to invade, and he fell for it. And yeah, I just but can't believe like, how it actually get, happened. How do you get a body out to Spain? How do you make it look like it died in a plane crash rather than already being dead, and made it look like it's been drowned, and make it believable? So it's you know it's one of those crazy true stories. And this is a musical uh, and a, a, a comedy musical. Mm. It's very much a comedy. It's I wouldn't say it's like pastiche or spoof. It's just out and out comedy. Kind of a lot of different styles of music, but a lot of I feel like ref, uh, influences from Hamilton. That kind of they do a lot of um, rapping. Yeah, like the um, head of MI5. 
sort of oh. is always wrapped in it and it's just it's, it's done so really funny. well it's making me smile just listening to you talking about it because the I lyrical remember content is really really funny yeah and and um, it's, there's only five people in the cast I think only five people in the cast three of which are company members of Spit Lip so um, it's David Cumming Natasha Hodgson and Zoe Roberts and then joining them in the cast is Jack Malone and Claire Marie Hall but together the five of them yeah they play all the parts which is done in a very funny way because often like someone will I mean literally within a scene change character it's so clever there's minimal costume people might just put, someone just might put a moustache on or change their hairstyle there's minimal sets mm-hmm. it's it's really fun it's like you can see this being devised and it's just been fun for them to even think of it in the rehearsal room. yeah and it's then all now about it's... how to make the kind of the scene the funniest possible way to get because they've got a lot of story to burn through but it's really funny the script's really sharp the songs are really good that the song at the beginning that I always love when they're pitching their different plans remember when they're talking about how to do it and one of them wants to do this plan on the train and the lyrics in that I think are so clever so quick and they're speaking really quickly yes, yes but I love that song great diction I heard oh, everything that's my one note that I exactly wanted to talk about who's the lady who plays the head of MI5 that is Zoe Roberts Zoe Roberts you are a masterclass on how to sing and rap and speak and everything with such... Di- I could hear every word, every lyric. Yes, and she has a lot of the really fast raps. So good. She's got so much to cram in. She's brilliant, isn't she? Yeah, really I impressive. I love that because so often in these, like, in, like, Hamilton, you really have to listen, but you kind of don't with her. You can hear it all. Also, this isn't Hamilton, so people aren't necessarily going to come to this knowing it. I feel no. like people go to Hamilton already knowing the songs. Mm-hmm. This, you have to hear it all. And it's so it's so good. It's so funny. It's very, very modern, very fresh. You can kind of see where their comedy references are coming from. And you feel like, I feel like, you know, they must watch the shows I watch, the comedy I enjoy. It's all that kind of from 30 Rock to... Totally, yep. Peep Show to whatever. It's that. It's dry, it yeah. is very dry, this comedy. Really dry, but also spoofy. There's lots of... Farcical. Farcical. Um, but do you know what, Oscar? You know how you had like the one neg- negative comment you said about singing in the rain? Mm-hmm. And you're like, how could you find something negative? And I struggled to think of anything negative to say about Operation Mince Me. I love the show. It brings such a smile to my face. I'd see it again tomorrow. But my one thing is that I'm not really a fan of farce. And sometimes, the especially like physical farce. So you know there was that moment where the, the spy in Spain is on the phone... Yes. And then she puts down the phone, but then she picks up her hat and then the person other gets the hat and then they do this little oh, bit. Yes. Yeah. And I know it got a laugh from everybody. Mm-hmm. But Is that I, not your vibe? It went on for too long. It was too Mr. Bean territory for me. Mm-hmm. That's not your, not your uh, thing. No, I just don't like that kind of... Yes, I get it. You're, you've picked up the wrong thing and now you're putting something on someone's head. Yeah, I it's didn't mind that. It's Charlie Chaplin. Oh, yeah, I know I didn't mind that. I don't no. mind a bit of physical. It goes on for too thing. long. No. Okay, yeah. As well as being, like, outrageously funny, like the whole audience were laughing from start to finish, they then also have that moment that's so touching that people were crying. Like, people, the person yeah, in front of me, totally people next to me Yeah, it totally up on you, this moment. Crying. You're just laughing the whole way through. The whole thing is absurd and silly and you're just romping through it and then... Yeah, this is a number in the first half. It's a ballad, really. Yeah, by Jack Malone. Um, And I think Jack Malone is amazing. I think he's going to go on and do really good stuff because I think he's, He's I mean, they're all brilliant, but I think he's he's a brilliant actor. Yeah. Really, really good. And he, and that character, Hester, I mean, they all play lots of characters, but Hester, he plays the most. Um, And Hester's, Hester's ballad. Um, is like a love letter to a lost soldier. They're trying to write, yeah. 
Uh, maybe we shouldn't say too much, and people go if in case people can see it because the song un- sort of unfolds. Yeah, and you're you, right. You we get won't say more from more it, about but it, but it's a love very, letter. Very touching. It it got me in the theatre the first time. It got me then. Oh yeah, it got it's, me again this time. Goosebumps. Absolutely gets me, chokes me up, and you can mm-hmm. you can hear afterwards. The only thing that's made me really that upset and like really emotional is Flowers from Saras. Yeah, it's that same thing. It's it's a really good song. They've written that so well. The way it it has multiple layers, it reminds me of like a Sondheim kind of esque song. Whereas in it, it sort of repeats itself, but the second time the meaning changes with a few tweaks. It's a whole different meaning. I think that's so clever. I really like that structure of it's beautiful of songs. And Jack um, Jack Malone's performance, I think, is so good. He does. Jack, you got me. Yeah, he's bravo. Really good. And I think because, like we said, that moment's very touching, and it's a historical story. So I think this is a show for young and old, um, because although the comedy, it's a young company. The I mean. The, the creative team's already young and the comedy feels very fresh and young. I don't think an older person would feel uh, um, alienated by it. Or... No, the, and in fact, the audience at the Southwark Playhouse... Yeah, it's very mixed. Really ages. mixed. We had some older couples. We had some uh, two old, really small old ladies. We had um, some theatre-aspiring kids you could sort of see next to us. And, like, yeah, there was a really... There was, there was a couple in the front that she was clearly, like, with her boyfriend... I think everyone would like it. And yeah, the songs are actually really good. They're just, I think the lyrics are really clever. And I, you know, I like a good lyric. I like to be able to hear something and think, oh, that's such a clever use of words. I like a returning joke. You know, like mm-hmm. they're people making the joke about Ian Fleming. Yes. And that was really, really funny. funny. It's really, really well observed. I'm so glad it's come back. The Solid Playhouse is the perfect venue for it. It's Not just on the a right hot size. day, though, honey. Bring yeah. your fan. <laughs> it is warm. And obviously, um, People were wearing masks in there. Um, I think everyone was. It's so hot, Oscar. I was but really struggling at that second half. I was thinking I'm, I'm really mm. too hot now. Yes, that is always our tip with Southwark. <laughs> Favourite theatre, but um, take a fan. Take a fan and wear... Just like a little lady the, with Because I actually went to see John and Jen there, um, which was one of the smaller shows in The Little mm-hmm. that they did. And I was like prepared that time and I'd worn a, a, a top that I could then take my you know like a crop top thing and then I could take my shirt off when the lights were done oh, okay and this time I just wasn't prepared no I wasn't wearing a crop top this time <laughs> either um and I didn't bring my fan but yeah it was the first half was fine actually it just got the more I was in there half, yeah. yeah the more I was in there the heat the heat was arising so yeah just be prepared that's all it's definitely worth it it's a great show it's really good fun it's so creative yeah I think we've had two shows in this episode that are um flat out recommendations to me there are some shows that i see where i think i would recommend this to this that person this yes. that or the other this is just like a take anyone yes go see it you i mean i just don't think you could be disappointed mm. because seeing in the rain you're going to get spectacle you're going to be your heart's going to be lifted you're just going to be enthralled uh, just the, even if you don't like musicals seeing in the rain will win you over operation mincemeat it's just so funny anyone will find it funny the humor is there's so many jokes packed into it like a good spoof like a you know naked gun film or something they just pack so many jokes in that it's impossible not to laugh and it's so nice to be back at southwark for our return to theater because it's such an amazingly unique space and even like the people on the door and the box office and the bar i just i think the atmosphere in there is really cool the atmosphere at southern playhouse yeah. is lovely so yeah um operation mincemeat is on until the 18th of september and southern playhouse is great you don't have to faff about oh what ticket do i get it's a small theater all the tickets are 27 pounds 50 so just book that this is honestly one of the 
best new shows that we've seen in a long time. There's pretty good availability, but like I said, it's a small theatre, so towards the end of the run, I feel like the tickets are going to kind of disappear, so I just don't wait. I think just get this one booked. What else? What other shows have we got to talk about? Well, we were going to go and see Anything Goes. Oh, we were! But um, they had to close for COVID reasons. I think someone in the cast must have had COVID because they had to cancel from Thursday to the weekend, which is six performances. That is so much... I don't know how financially, how how companies are doing it. I mean, obviously, Android Webb has been in the press a lot recently talking about Cinderella and how hard that has been. They had to, they delayed the premiere of that um, for the same reason, because I guess he's thinking, well, if that happens to us, if we have a COVID thing and we've got to do two Thursday matinees gone, two Saturday mat, Friday night, Sunday, it's all gone. How do you do that financially? How do you pay a mm. cast of, anything goes, it's got like an ensemble of 50 dancers. What? Yeah. So they've still got to pay those people over the over the week they're closed. So it's a really, it's really um, tough. Really tough. But we are going to try and rebook our tickets. Well, I just want to say my next it. shout out to the box office, Barbican Box Office. We're recording this on a Sunday. I emailed them this morning to ask them to rebook our seats, and she's responded saying, "Here you will go." Wow, on a Sunday, even Their though box the show's closed. working on a Sunday. Oh wow, good for them. Yeah, really and they've rebooked our tickets. Rebooked for us. our tickets. Oh, amazing for Friday. No refund done. Straight swap. Oh, cool. Oh, I'm so excited to see that. That stars um, Robert Lindsay and Sutton Foster. So that'll be in our next podcast review. Um, and then also we're going to see the Baghdad Cafe, of course, which is Emma Rice's new production at the Old Vic, which has also had some really great reviews. And I will be pounding the streets and finding any offers. But you know, I went out to see something the other day, and while I was in the West End, I went to. Les Mis, Amelie, Prince of Egypt, and a couple of others that I can't remember. And I asked every single one of them if they're doing day seats, and they all said no. So the, the days of day seats and queuing up for those day seats that they release at 10am from the box office and you see the show that evening, mm-hmm. at the minute, that is not a thing. Amelie is brilliant. I'm tempted to see it again. I well, really loved Amelie. I think there's going to be offers for that coming on to Daytix. Daytix are doing really well like with their offers at the minute, so I'm going to keep an eye on that. Yes, I have noticed today ticks have been diving straight back in because the Leicester Square ticket booth, not that we used to get things from there that often, but I think that's closed. I think it's closed too because I went to find it and the um, I went to Leicester Square to look for that as well in preparation for this podcast, did my homework, and it's boarded up. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I think I have a feeling that they've gone. And I mean, thing is that a lot of their trade was with tourists mm. and obviously we have no tourists in London at the moment. Yeah, I mean, now COVID, is the time to come and, Yeah, now is the time to come and see shows in London because there's just not the, there's not the hordes of people coming so you can get really good seats. Yeah, I would love to see Emily again. We reviewed that in episode 53, if you want to listen to our review. Madeline and I went to see it and it was really good. Very quirky, very creative. Re- reminded me of a uh, sort of Emma Rice kind of show. Yeah. Really good. That's on at the minute. I want to see that as well. Yeah, it's so nice to be back podcasting again mm. together because we did it last year remotely. But um, it's I so know. much fun. And it's so nice to be going back to theatre. And thanks for everyone who's kind of rejoined us again that used to listen. Sorry we've been away for so long. And for anyone who's just started listening, welcome. <laughs> we're obsessed with theatre. <laughs> yeah, and we can't wait to start just seeing. I remember when we used to see, you know, two, three shows a week. Those days seem like so long ago. I know, we'd do a show on a Tuesday, maybe even one on a Thursday, and then we'd always see one at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And we're now... we back into it, baby. Yeah. And I just, I'm so excited for things, Rio, things coming back. Yeah, and I felt fairly, you know, 
like safe at the theatre as it were I mean especially now generally as people are being vaccinated more but in the foyers especially in the loos most people were wearing their masks like I said at Southwark everyone had a mask on in check your theatres though so far I haven't seen any other than in Brighton the Brighton Theatre Royal are asking for the Covid passport to say that you've had the both facts um, to say you've had both facts or you do a lateral flow test two days before so just check with the theatres but so far seeing in the rain Southwark I know anything goes on asking for them. So, but it is worth double checking that you don't need a passport or what or what the rules are. Good tip. Yeah. Well, I guess well that'll be a new thing to incorporate. What the theatre's policy is. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> yeah. So, welcome back, everyone, and we'll hope to um, go see some more shows and get the podcast back up and running a bit more regularly. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm filling my diary up with shows. Yeah. Nice to be back. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Join us in our next episode, which hopefully should be in a week or so, Mm -hmm. where we will be reviewing Baghdad Cafe at the Old Vic and hopefully anything goes. But until next time, thank you for listening to Theatre Club Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like and tell all your friends to listen. Get in on it. Bye. Bye.